our new sounding Galloway's Eye. We have had a busy few months adapting to life following lockdown, which has given us the chance to deliver you an even better audio experience. Here, we aim to bring you information on how we are keeping our services running during lockdown, as well as some entertaining sound bites outside of the world of Galloway's. And don't forget, we are still here for you. You can call us on 01772 744 148 and speak to our site's loss advisors. Track 2, an update on our new services to keep you entertained and connected during lockdown. Track 3, how our collaboration with Be My Eyes is providing you with visual assistance. Track 4, have you joined in any of our Get Active and Tech Zoom sessions yet? Check out this roundup of our amazing array of guest speakers. Track 5, we hear Denise's experience using the new social distancing rules and some top tips for people with sight loss. Track six, we have unearthed an exclusive interview with the late Dame Vera Lynn from a few years ago. Track seven, as we remind you how important it is to still attend your eye appointments during lockdown, we speak to Alan, who said he felt incredibly safe whilst having his macular injections. Track 8, we hear from our chairman, Simon Booth, who is taking on a mammoth challenge with his family to raise money for our services. Track 9, a thank you from our Head of Income Generation, Nicola, as she reveals just how generous you have all been over the past few months. Track 10, we hear from our Chief Executive, Stuart, about life after lockdown and how you can help shape our future as we aim to build back better. Track 11, we want to leave you feeling confident and reassured as we ease into life after lockdown. So we share our tips on managing your anxiety, followed by a short meditation recording on track 12. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy. been able to maintain our usual face-to-face -face activity following lockdown, we are thrilled we are still able to be here for you through our many new ways of adapted services. It has been a busy few months for our team as we have been making regular calls to you all to offer advice, useful contacts and a friendly chat to help reduce the feeling of isolation and loneliness. Our new Talking Together service, which allows you to dial into a teleconferencing system to chat with your friends, is proving very popular. We have had some great guest speakers so far, including Sid Calderbank, Lancashire Police and Trading Standards. We have some regular quiz masters and some of you have been feeling really relaxed after our Nidra Yoga meditation sessions. 
Our Facebook community is growing with our dedicated coronavirus support group, as well as the popular Get Active, Technology and Each Centre Facebook group. James and Andrew are continuing to bring us great guest speakers from the Get Active and Technology world. James has also been keeping you entertained with video exercises and virtual walks. Andrew is still available to answer your assistive technology inquiries. He can Skype you, Zoom you, Google Hangout with you or talk to you over the phone. If you have not tried our Galloway's Alexa skill yet, it couldn't be simpler. You can access the skill by simply asking Alexa to enable support through Sightloss. Once installed, you can just say Alexa, open support through Sightloss. We have been updating this regularly with our talking news service and information on the future Galloway's Talking Together sessions. And of course, it is here that you can listen to the Galloway's Eye. We hope you have been enjoying our new What's Going On guides. These guides include updates on what is coming up in the Talking Together sessions, as well as local community support. If you have not yet made use of some of our new services and you would like more information, call us on 01772 144148. Alternatively, you can email inquiries at galloways.org.uk. You can also join the specialised groups on Facebook by searching Galloways Society for the Blind. Thank you. Hi everyone, it's Andrew Coleman, your Assistive Technology Coordinator from Galloway's and the following feature is about Be My Eyes and the Galloway's Specialised Help Service. Galloway's has now partnered with the app Be My Eyes to provide visual assistance to blind and partially sighted people throughout Lancashire and Sefton, and I'm pleased to be joined by uh, David Buckley, um, who is one of our service users at Galloway's, and Adele Dewhurst, um, who is our site loss advisor in Penwerthen. Morning, guys. How are we doing? Not too bad. Thank you, Andrew. No problem. Fantastic. So for those of you that don't know, Be My Eyes is an app that can help blind and partially sighted people with visual tasks using your smartphone or your tablet. It can be Apple, it can be Android. And the app is designed so that it gives a volunteer or a member of our, of our Galloway's team access to the camera on your smartphone that then enables us to be able to see your environment. It enables us to be able to see maybe um, a Christmas card that you need reading, whether the bread's mouldy, what's the sell-by date on the milk. There's loads and loads of different ways that this app can be used. And uh, since 2015, Be My Eyes has supported hundreds of thousands of blind and partially sighted people around the world. And Galloway's are proud to have partnered with Be My Eyes in 2020 to provide support um, via the specialised help service on the app. And uh, I know we're going to come to David, who, David, you've used the app um, a number of times already before. But 
before we talk about that, David, can you tell us a little bit about your, your eye condition and your visual impairment? Yes, yeah, of course. Um, I've been registered blind since, since I was 15. I was born with the condition. Uh, I've got retin retinal pigmentosis. I've got um, uh, macular degeneration. I've got glaucoma. And also I've got cataracts. Uh, I don't think I need really need anything else. <laughs> but I've not, I, I've also um, not let it really hinder me in any, in any way. I've been lucky enough to be working as well. So I've, I've been lucky through my working life. Yeah, so I imagine you, you know, you've seen a lot of technology develop over the years. Oh, yes. Um, and, and now with, obviously, with, with, with Be My Eyes, it's kind of a, um, even though it's been around for five years now, it's it's almost like a new type of technology um, that people are being introduced to. How did you find out about the Be My Eyes app? To be perfectly honest with you, I found it um, from my brother. He told me about it. Um, he lives in Scunthorpe. He's, he's got the same conditions as I've got, but slightly better. Um, and he mentioned Be My Eyes, and I looked into it. And um, I've taken it from there. Um, I found it very, very helpful. Um, and the, uh, the advisors, like Adele, who we'll, we'll be speaking in a couple of minutes, it's been very, very helpful to me. And um, I think they're great. You know, they help me with me medi medication. Um, they've helped me with um, sort of me microwave out, reading letters for me. Um, helping the computer, anything I want, it's there for me. I suppose even if I lost my glasses, I could ask ask Adele and people like Adele to have a look for me and see where they are. <laughs> yeah, it's a great way. Or if you drop a pound on the floor or something like yeah. that, you can use it to find out what 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 what's there for. And I suppose kind of. Have you found, a, you know, kind of a difference in, we all know that Be My Eyes does use volunteers all around the world. Now Galloway's have introduced the specialised help service, which means that you get to speak to a Galloway's sight loss advisor. Do you, do you find that more, uh, more of a, an in-depth service? Does that give you a bit more confidence in getting the right advice from the right people? Yes, yes, certainly. Uh, I certainly do, because... The people from all over the world is brilliant, you know, no problem at all with that. But with people like Adele uh, and other advisors who work for Galloway's, um, we feel more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, more closer um, and get the, get the answers more or less very, very quickly if we need anything in this country. And I suppose more than ever in this current climate with COVID-19, yeah. we've found that it's been a real help uh, and an additional way, really, that people can, can contact us for help. Um, and, you know, I think people are finding that beneficial. Well, what would you say to other blind and party sighted people out there, David, who, you know, haven't used it yet, considering, um, you know, they may have a smartphone or a tablet, They've just not maybe dipped into Be My Eyes at the moment. What would you say to them? What I would say to them is give it a go. It's a free service. Very, very easy to um, get Be My Eyes on your device. 
And as I say, the people on there are very, very helpful. Couldn't, they couldn't help me more than, you know, if they bet over backwards to help you. Fantastic stuff. We'll come back to you at the end, David. Um, I'm just going to go over to um, Adele. And uh, Dal is, as I said before, is one of our sight loss advisors who works in uh, Penwortham for Galloway's, who's now currently working from home. Hello, Adele. How are you? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. Thanks, Andrew. All, all, re- all ready to receive a, a be my eye call, be my eyes call as we probably speak. Ready and waiting. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be logged <laughs> on to our system. Um, so you've been on the on the be my eyes service now since uh, since April, Adele. And um, just from your own point of view as a sight loss advisor, um, what what type of kind of new opportunities has this brought to to you know the job that you do? Um, because obviously, you know, a lot of the time you speak to people on the phone, they might need help. You can't actually it can be frustrating for you because you can't see what you know they need help with. And yeah. obviously, my, how, how have you found the introduction of the of the service so far, and what have your experiences been? I think it's, it's been absolutely brilliant, um, you know, being able to help people um, see what they're, they're having difficulties with um, and, you know, providing that visual assistance. Um, you know, we've had a variety of calls. Um, I've helped people identify medication, given, um, you know, daily living skills, tips and little things. Um, spoke to a gentleman last week that was having problems identifying the tins in his cupboard. So we talked about talking tins and it's like a, just a little device. It's a reusable voice recorder that you can attach to your tin. So you know if it's a tin of baked beans or, um, you know, something different. Um, and, you know, you hadn't come across that before. So being able to give those little tips uh, and, it's, and it's so easy to use as well. Absolutely, easy for, for 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 us at Galloway's to use, and and easy for for people out there who who need help as well, because it is just a simple addition of installing an app um, on your smartphone or your tablet. Um, and also, I suppose you know you you, you kind of highlight a really important point there as well, the fact that we we kind of get you know dependent on the uh, the person who needs help, and obviously what they're prepared to show us. You know, they're kind of letting you into their living room or the kitchen. And do you find that's quite a beneficial thing for you as a sight loss advisor? I mean, does that not give you the opportunity to maybe, as you said before, make um, some recommendations for them? Have you found you might you might see something as they walk around and go, oh, hang on a second. Can I just make a, a suggestion there? I've just seen that, you know, you've got a, um, I don't know, you've got a, um, you've got a, a hob there or your microwave could do with some bump-ons on it and you can, do you find that's been quite useful as well? Just to kind yeah, of... definitely. Yeah, I mean, we can provide additional support. You know, you can see, you can see the room. So, like for you know, like the kitchen, for example. You know, the lighting might not be adequate. So you, you know, you could kind of maybe gently suggest that just a, a little improvement to something like the lighting in the kitchen. Introducing a task light might yeah. help things. Um, you know, and it's just not always that kind of you know that things are bigger brighter and bolder in the kitchen you know you may see that um you know everything's kind of the same color maybe suggesting that you make it a little bit brighter you know think, things like that yeah so you may get a call about just one specific thing but then it can it can lead to a wider conversation about about other things that might help as well so it's, you know it's it's basically like an enhanced phone call basically isn't it with you know 
um, with video, but it's very easy for people to, you know, get in touch with us that way. Yeah. I suppose if you, if you know, if you look at it in that respect. Um, and how do you feel about the future? I mean, do you, do you think this is something that blind and partially sighted people are going to start using more? Um, or do you, you know, do you think, what would you say to people out there who, you know, because there are a lot of people out there who've not used a service yet that might be considering in using it. Yeah, I mean, we can, we can, I hope, kind of reach a wider, wider audience as well with Be My Eyes. You know, we can, we can give advice um, through this rather than having to come to, to one of our offices as well. We can just yeah. sit at home and, and make a call and get, get that support. Um, it's, it's easy. It's quick and easy, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We definitely do think it's the future along with all the other things that, you know, Galloway's have been doing that I know that you've been involved with, that David's been involved with, certainly with, you know, with video, with using things like Zoom and, uh, and Be My Eyes has been a revelation really um, at Galloway's in supporting our community. And going forward, as you know, as we're saying, it's, it is definitely going to be um, the future, but you know, we, we couldn't do it without yourself, Adele. And we couldn't do it without people like David who, you know, need that, need that type of service. And what do you think, David? Do you, do you think that it's something that you will regularly use on a regular basis when you need help? Is, is Be My Eyes now something that you can fall back on? Is it something that you can rely on now? Because, I mean, in the future, in the near future, I'll be living on my own. So, you know, Be My Eyes, Be My Eyes will come in even more handy for me. Uh, because I can't rely on the other person in the house. You know, when I'm on, physically on my own, I, I'll, be, I'll be very, very grateful for the help from Be My Eyes. And yeah. like, like Adele, you know, I think brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It is the way forward, absolutely. Guys, thank you very much for joining me this morning to, um, to talk about Be My Eyes. And if you'd like to find out more about Be My Eyes, you can by visiting our website, which is www.galloways.org.uk. Um, you can also check out the app, um, which you can download from your app store, your native app store. So if you're on Android, you need to go to the Play Store, search for Be My Eyes. If you're on Apple, you need to go to the App Store again, search for Be My Eyes. It is free to sign up for the app. Uh, and once you sign up for the app, um, you can, yes, you can call a volunteer um, that can help you, a standard volunteer, which could be anyone or anywhere in the world. But you can also go to Specialised Help, um, where you can find a range of organisations, um, including Galloway's, um, where you can then speak to one of our sight loss advisors. Um, and again, if you need any more help with that, uh, please do get in touch with us at Galloway's. We'll also give you our phone number, um, which is 01772-230-531. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for taking part. And I'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you. During part of our digital provision during lockdown, we've been offer offering different sorts of Zoom catch-up meetings. We've had Tech Talk at three and the Get Active catch-up. 
So just coming up now is just a, a couple of sound bites from some of the recent um, Zoom meetings that we've had. Uh, just to give you an idea of what sort of things we talk about. There's a whole wide range of subjects. So have a listen and if you'd like to join any of the Zoom meetings, then either get in touch with Andrew or myself, James, and we can sort you out with the relevant links to join the meetings. Sam Seavey from, uh, from The Blind Life, thank you very much for joining us today. Your, for people watching your channel, uh, Sam, because we've got quite a lot of people on here that uh, won't have seen your channel before, and, and I've, I've posted that um, in the, the chat area, the link to, to Sam's YouTube channel, but you can go um, on YouTube or Google, just type in The Blind Life and up yeah. Sam will pop. Uh, and you know you've got hours and hours and hours and hours of content to, to get through but what can people expect from your channel if they're new sam so it's 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 a um well if you, if you go back if you if you dig deep into the the history of the channel um I, it was kind of a hodgepodge at the beginning um i was just whatever i had an idea about making a video i, I just did it um there was no real direction but Right now, the, the heavy focus on assistive technology, um, accessibility, things like the advocacy. Um, I've got a lot of videos about using your cane. Uh, I'm a huge advocate of using your cane, encouraging people to, especially, you know, people like myself who are low vision. We, we're, we're riding the fence between the blind world and the sighted world, um, one foot in each world. And so it can be... Um, daunting i guess to to start to use that cane and really commit to one side or the other um but the, i i got tons of videos talking about the benefits of using the cane and, and how it, it vastly outweighs the negatives um but i i've got a lot of so that's part of the life i say i like i like to make videos about the, the life side of the blind life and so that would be one of the you know one of those topics uh, I've got a whole series called Why It Sucks to Be Blind. I haven't made one of those in a while, but it's it's kind of the the, the lighter side of it. You know, um, I don't focus on the negative on my channel, and I've been criticized about that before. They say, well, you don't, you only talk about the good stuff. You don't talk about the negative stuff. And my answer is, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, nobody wants to go on YouTube and watch depressing negative stuff. You know, we all live the negative every day. You don't need to hear me talk about it. Let's talk about the positive. Um, and so kind of the, the, the sucks to be blind series is kind of an homage to that. Um, and it'll be like reason number 43, why it sucks to be blind. Uh, and it's just random stuff that I, that I come up with. One of them was playing the low vision lottery where uh, the, you, we play it every day, even if you don't realize that you're, you're playing the low vision lottery every single day. Um, the example I gave in the video was, I have, like I said, I have a dog. And I, at the time I had cats. And so you come downstairs and you see something dark on the floor. Yeah. And you, you can't see well enough to know exactly what it is, but you have pets. It's like, okay, I've got to investigate and find out what that is, but do I want to? You know, there's a chance that it might be something nasty. I'm really pleased to be joined uh, by Robin Spinks, who is the RNIB Principal Manager of Digital Accessibility. To be part of that. We've also worked a lot with Samsung. Um, so if anyone has a Samsung Smart TV at home, um, the accessibility features that appeared there from 2016. Um, we've been working with Samsung since then to kind of refine those and to build in more accessibility. So you've got a good screen reader that works across the TV. 
uh, and some of you will be aware of this, the challenge is not just the TV. So it's, not, it's no longer just about the telly. You have to make the Netflix app, you have to make the BBC iPlayer app, you have to make any digital service or app that someone might use equally accessible. And that's an ongoing challenge because there are so many variables there. We've done a lot of work with Google as well, or the Android team. So we, I can remember sitting in front of the most senior people in the Google Android team, literally begging them to do what Apple had done with voiceover. I mean, literally begging them in the nicest possible way. And initially, you know, no can do, we can't do it. It's not, we can't make it work. We kept at it for about two years. And I remember every time we'd go and see them, we'd be like showing them the iPhone, showing them what they'd done. And, and eventually, it took to 2012 before they, before they did that. They yeah. built Android so that it would be accessible out of the box. I remember that, Robin, because that was kind of Android before then. Um, yeah, was was mainly um, it, it it was it was mainly low vision features, just kind of the magnification side of things, or even I remember when when it first came out, Android yeah. was kind of just larger text. There was yeah. no zoom feature. There was no. no speech feature built in and they've always yeah i suppose apple have always kind of led the way i suppose into that that kind of if you think of a cake when you bake a cake and you put all those ingredients into the cake and the decorations you know they go on at the end and and almost accessibility for some companies of it's been the decoration on the cake it's been an afterthought and mm. apple apple i think of in my opinion like you probably yeah. Really pleased again to um, be, be joined by uh, Robin Christofferson, a head of digital inclusion at uh, AbilityNet in the UK. Big fan of, uh, of Tech Talk and also the and also the um, Doctor Dot podcast, which again just gives you a different gem every every day every day of the week. What 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 was the main driving force in you creating that, Robin? When when did when did you get the idea to to come up with the idea of a, of a regular podcast every day of the year? Well, we're up to episode 1200 and something now. So this was like three years ago when the Echo was relatively new and there were still thousands of um, skills available on it and loads of built-in you know, functionality as well. But unlike now, it wasn't nearly so discoverable. So now, you know, you can say, a lady, help me be organized, help me cook, uh, you know, vegetarian food or help me um with my travel plans whatever it might be you can just ask her stuff and she will surface skills or built-in features for you and often if you're you know using a particular skill at the end she'll say you know if you liked this one you might also like this other one so nowadays there's a lot more discoverability but um back then no it was really very difficult to discover what she could do that wasn't just the built-in stuff. Obviously there's the skill section of the app on your phone or the website, but you actually have to go in there and, you know, search for things or whatever. Obviously you can still do that, but back then, it, you know, people were really loving the Echo and there was a lot of buzz about it on, you know, TV and social media and that sort of thing. But um, it felt to me like, people were just using it to set timers and play music and stuff like that. So uh, I thought, why don't I 
start recording some of the stuff that you can do because there's always a, a live demo in the show so that you can actually hear it in action and think okay that sounds like a good quiz or a good um, particular skill or whatever that I want to have a go of myself and then it's as easy as just saying to her you know open such and such just like you heard me just say on the podcast uh, I say me I mean there are other contributors as well and because it's a daily one it's a bit of a beast that constantly needs feeding so if anybody else wants to send in a demo the address is at the end of every single podcast for sending in your comments feedback and demos etc and I can do the editing and that sort of thing so don't worry about getting it perfect or anything so yeah if people want to contribute as well so that it's not just me and it's not just me there are other voices on it as well yeah that's right there's a guy over in the states who contributes there's a lady who contributed a couple of weeks ago i think as well from the, from the states as well so i think the great thing is is that big fan of uh, of tech talk and also the iron and also the um dot to dot podcast which again just gives you a different gem every every day every day of the week what 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 was the main driving force in you creating that, Robin? When, when, did, when did you get the idea to, to come up with the idea of a, of a regular podcast every day of the year? Well, we're up to episode 1200 and something now. So this was like three years ago when the Echo was relatively new and there were still thousands of um, skills available on it and loads of built-in you know, functionality as well. But unlike now, it wasn't nearly so discoverable. So now, you know, you can say, a lady, help me be organized, help me cook, uh, you know, vegetarian food or help me um, with my travel plans, whatever it might be. You can just ask her stuff and she will surface skills or built in features for you. And often if you're, you know, using a particular skill at the end, she'll say, you know, if you liked this one, you might also like this other one. So nowadays, there's a lot more discoverability. But um, back then, no, it was really very difficult to discover what she could do that wasn't just the built in stuff. Obviously, there's the skill section of the app on your phone or the website. But you actually have to go in there and, you know, search for things or whatever. Obviously, you can still do that. But back then, it, you know, people were really loving the echo and there was a lot of buzz about it on you know tv and social media and that sort of thing but um it felt to me like people were just using it to set timers and play music and stuff like that so uh i thought why don't i start recording some of the stuff that you can do because there's always a, a live demo in the show so that you can actually hear it in action and think, okay, that sounds like a good quiz or a good um, particular skill or whatever that I want to have a go of myself. And then it's as easy as just saying to her, you know, open such and such, just like you heard me just say on the podcast. Uh, I say me, I mean, there are other contributors as well. And because it's a daily one, it's a bit of a beast that constantly needs feeding. So if anybody else wants to send in a demo, the addresses at the end of every single podcast for sending in your comments, feedback and demos, etc. And I can do the editing and that sort of thing. So don't worry about getting it perfect or anything. So yeah, if people want to contribute as well so that it's not just me and it's not just me, there are other voices on it as well. Yeah, that's right. There's a guy over in the States who contributes. So Simon is uh, an ultra marathon runner. 
and started losing your sight early on in life and from there you sort of took up running and got to where you are now with developing different tech and stuff like that as well so yep. over to simon to give us a, a bit of background about himself i somehow got mixed up in the world of ultra running and that was just a a bit of an accident and it was thanks to technology really it was quite a few years ago now but it was when runkeeper uh, an app on the iPhone was first released. It was the first app to give information through audio. So no, no reliance on looking at the screen. Now I could just get audio updates of how far I'd run and, and things like that. So that's when I decided to see if I could train alone. So initially I trained alone on a football pitch by just running up and down uh, a football pitch. I then quickly transitioned to running on a closed road. So it was blocked at both ends. So I just used to feel the double yellow lines underfoot run the, run the double yellow lines. And that's when I decided to see if I could match what it felt like underfoot to the distance markers on Runkeeper. And then I sort of started running on the open road by memorizing the routes. And around that time, then I think I'd managed to run 10 miles and before I knew it, 10 miles turned into 20, 30 miles in training. So then I saw, uh, for my first ever race, I entered a 100-mile uh, race in the Cotswolds. 100 miles. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, in that particular race, I didn't actually make it to the end. Uh, I'd only been running like six months, and after 83 miles, my legs were, legs were ruined. So didn't quite get to the end on that, on that race. But after, after that sort of one race, I continued to compete at bigger distances. I peaked to sort of 260 miles uh, for multi-day I ran from Boston uh, to New York. As lockdown begins to ease, we are all asked to practice social distancing, which, when you have sight loss, can be a struggle. Seeing supermarket markings or how far away the person is in front of you is not as clear to a visually impaired person as it would be for a fully sighted person. We have Denise Wilkinson joining us from Zoom as she talks about the challenges she and others with sight loss are now facing. So hello Denise, thanks for joining us. You're very welcome Natalie. So first of all, just to give a little context to the challenges you may be facing, do you want to just tell us a bit about yourself and your eye condition? So I'm a Galloway service user and a volunteer. Um, I have macular de degeneration. I was diagnosed in 2015. Um, I'm registered severe sight impaired. And when I look straight ahead, it's like I'm looking through um, a misted, fogged up steaming mirror all the time. Following the lockdown, how, how often have you been going out? During the lockdown, I would go out maybe once or twice a week with my son. Um, I wouldn't access big supermarkets. I would stick local. Um, now, lockdown's eased a little. Um, I've been out probably the same amount of time. I have been into St Anne's. I'll go earlier in the day um, to access banks because it's not as busy um, because even with my son I'm still I'm a little bit more nervous if, if I'm truthful. So how safe have you felt going out? 
oh i'm more nervous now lockdown has eased um because after weeks of frustration there seems to be more people and they seem they always seem to be in a rush and very impatient in queues um people can walk in front of you when they're holding their phones um, um people wearing face masks they seem to come a lot closer and that can make me even more nervous um it's almost like you're on your guard all the time trying to stay safe and follow the government guidelines and what challenges do you face when you're going out to do your shopping like can you see the signs and markings do you do you ask for assistance or do you do you need someone there for you like your son i haven't been shopping on my own yet i don't feel that confident to take that next step just yet um if i can't find something i will ask for help um and also if there is no store member on the door i will always ask them is it safe to come in um i can't read signs on the windows um my color vision is very poor so i rely on contrast um so i've struggled with the gray great gaffer tape type market distance markings on the pavement and the white lines i can't see those um i definitely can't see over there um, the one-way arrows round the shop round the shop floors are difficult to see for anybody with low vision. Um, another problem that I particularly have noticed is the hand sanitizer stations, clear bottles on a white table or a white tablecloth. I can't see them, so I've now started carrying my own. Um, the big one for me is being told the one person rule in a store per household even with a white cane in my hand um that was soul destroying i shouldn't have to explain i've got sight loss and why i need help and for those living alone they've had to rely on family neighbors and friends to go shopping for them collect essential items not everyone has access to internet shopping and if they weren't in the shielding group it's been really really difficult so do you feel that you've lost your independence a bit now with the social distancing? I've lost confidence. Um, yes. Yeah, it's almost like I've been pushed back on to the very first run, run of the sight loss um, pathway all over again. And it has affected my confidence and my mental well-being. Yes, very much so. And have you been going on public transport like buses or trains? Um, I haven't been on public transport personally yet, but I have thought about this. Um, would I know what seats I could sit on? Would there be other passengers sticking to the face masks rules? How would I know that the bus, the bus isn't so busy? That's why it doesn't stop. And would I feel comfortable being on a 35 minute bus ride journey into town at this moment in time? I don't think so, not just yet. No. And, and I know plenty of other people that, that would probably feel the same uh, as you as well, which is, is such a shame. I mean, I've got, an, I've got an underlying health issue as well, so that 
that makes that issue, you know, that being in that enclosed space for 35 minutes is, is the one. Of course, yeah, yeah. And how do you think the impact of social distancing has affected guide dog users? as guide dogs may not really understand these social distancing rules? Um, well, guide dogs aren't trained to social distance. They can't read signs and arrows that let them know the safety rules. People in queues, uh, there's queues and there's more people meeting outside. So these are again, added obstacles. Um, I'm not a guide dog user, but I do know people who are guide dog users and they haven't been out for 15 weeks apart from to the end of the road so that leads to social social isolation and loneliness of course yeah and and what sort of support and information have you been given or do you think there is for the people who are struggling to get out and adhere to these social distancing rules 2020 has become the year of Zoom. <laughs> Telephone group calls, community members phoning each other to say hello and check everything's okay. Um, the information I've been given has been from Rovi Services at Lancashire County Council. Galloway's have called um, Macula Society and Disability Equality Northwest. It really has highlighted the importance of networks working together. You know, yeah, uh, we all need each other and we all need to to raise awareness of, of, you know, what these social distancing rules are like and how it impacts people with sight loss. Um, you know, I mean, what would you like other people around you to do or, or to be aware of? Well, to say it's OK to come into a shop rather than wave, that's a big one because um, you know people just wave you one and I can't see that um, be aware of when you're when you're out and about with people with long canes and guide dogs and give us the space we need be aware be patient and be safe and, and is there anything else you want to add many blind people are reliant on on, on sighted guides um, and that's almost impossible during during this pandemic um, you know, because we can't, they can't, they, they rely on people linking arms and they can't do that during, because of the social distancing rules. So again, that's led to people staying indoors, not going out and feeling very lonely and isolated. It's having a big impact on mental well-being. Definitely, yeah. I mean, the, you know, the, the overall message around the coronavirus and and you know lockdown is about mental health well-being because a lot of people live on their own and um, they rely on other people and if they're not able to go out um, and be with other people and have sighted guides who you know obviously rely on touch then it, it is a, a, a it has such a detrimental effect on people no. Yes, because especially when you're shopping, if you're visually impaired, you do tend to have to pick up an item and bring it into your usable, well, your usable sites better, and then use a magnifier. Um, you, you can't do that, so it's it's 
impossible. Yeah. And the other thing uh, in regard to social distancing, um, you know, most people are very kind and some people will avoid you, um, but people still think I can see and I can't see them until they're well within my two metre bubble. And that's really, really frightening. You know, that's, it's, yeah, it really, how people react to you and moving at the last minute, it's frightening. Yeah, you, you're relying on other people to adhere to the rules. So I think the message we want to get out there is for people to be just more aware and to be understanding and, and compassionate and, and think about fact that there are people with sight loss who who do need that extra space or you know do need verbal guidance uh, in, in yes a, in way just to to help them really w without touching them and without invading their space you sometimes almost feel like you're in the way when you're out and about um but it's not only about me staying safe it's about the person who's walking in front of me staying safe you know we, we all have to stay safe of course yeah um so you know that that's the message we all want to stay safe and and obviously yeah look after each other and support each other and um, well thank you very much denise for, for taking the time to speak to us um, we appreciate it and take care and stay safe thank you very much indeed natalie thank you here at Galloway's, we have compiled our top tips on how to abide by social distancing rules. Number one, letting people know you have sight loss and may need extra guidance would ensure people around you are more aware of your circumstances. Most people will be aware if you have a guide dog, but there are also other indicators such as a symbol cane, a sunflower lanyard, or a high-vis vest. Number two, a long cane is more obvious to the wider public and should make people more aware. You may even want to purchase a longer cane to reach further. Make sure your arc is wide enough and add an extra tap to check your shoreline. This creates more noise and it will help people hear you coming. You could also increase your arc width as long as you don't compromise your safety. Keep to the inner shoreline away from the curb and let others step out into the road rather than yourself. Make your path definite and clear. Number three, if you think someone is too close, tell them you have a visual impairment and ask them whether they are at the correct distance. When they answer, you can also determine their distance from how far away their voice is. Number four, if you are using public transport, ring and book assistance if possible. Ask someone to talk you through the new layout and rules. If possible, try to go out during quieter times to reduce the amount of people you may come into contact with. For example, Lancashire County Council's sensory impairment team is offering blind or partially sighted people individual training at Preston bus station to get you comfortable with the new layout. Anyone wishing to discuss this can call 
0300 Number five, the government now requires people to wear face masks on public transport, such as trains and buses. The rule is less strict for taxis, but some taxi drivers may refuse you if you do not wear a face covering. It is best to check their rules before you travel. Number six, you must also wear face masks when attending hospital as a visitor or patient. You may be exempt from wearing a face mask if you have a physical or mental illness or a disability that means you cannot put on, wear or remove a face covering. Children under 11 also do not need to wear a face mask. Number seven, we must now all wear face masks in shops. There is no ruling that you should wear them in a pub or restaurant as you are eating. However, face masks can help us protect each other and reduce the spread of the disease if you are suffering from it but not showing symptoms. But they are not a substitute for social distancing or washing hands. Number eight. Many places, such as shops, hospitals, opticians and GP surgeries, have been adapted to ensure people can remain two metres apart. They will have social distancing markers, one-way systems and a new layout, so perhaps ring ahead and inquire about these changes to see if you would require assistance. If possible, try to go at quieter times. Number nine, as you may rely on touch, such as feeling for doors, lampposts and bus stops, wear long sleeve clothing or gloves to limit skin contact. And finally, number 10, get into the habit of washing your hands thoroughly before going out and when coming back home. Make sure you disinfect your long cane as it has come into contact with the ground. If anyone approaches you to stroke your guide dog, politely remind them that your dog is working and must not be touched due to social distancing. With lockdown and social distancing, the saying we will meet again has certainly become the theme for 2020, made popular by singer Dame Vera Lynn, who sadly passed away in June aged 103. One of our volunteers, Tony, was lucky enough to interview her a few years ago for Envision, a support charity for people with sight loss in the Fylde area. Envision has kindly allowed us to use this interview, which you can now hear. It's Ross and today we have something a little bit special for you for the holiday season. Myself and Tony travel down to Sussex to interview national treasure Dame Vera Lynn. I'll never forget the Dame Vera Lynn. 
born in East London on the 20th of March 1917. Thank you for allowing me to visit your lovely home in Sussex today and to talk to you. Now you started performing locally at the age of only seven. How did your parents feel about going into, into the entertainment business so young? How did my parents feel? Yes. Well, I mean, they, they put me there, so I, <laughs> they must have thought that I had some talent of some sort. Now, by the mid-1930s, you'd begun to have a successful um, vocalist and you appeared with the Joe Loss Orchestra. Yes. And in 1937, you landed a spot singing with the Ambrose Orchestra on the radio programme Life from Mayfair. What was it like having huge success at such a young age? Well, I, I suppose I just took it in my stride. I'd been singing from such a young age, going around singing in working men's clubs, that um, this was something that I hoped would, uh, at that time, I would hope to be able to achieve. And when I had the opportunity to sing with Joe Loss, that was the first step, I thought, you know, from the Astoria in Charing Cross Road. And he was a very well-known um, band leader, so I was very lucky to get the opportunity to sing with him. So it was a good start. <laughs> Now, in 1940, you got your own radio show, Sincerely Yours. Yes. Which became favourite, uh, favourite, sorry, with the soldiers serving overseas. And effectively, the 40s sweetheart, was it during this programme that songs such as We'll Meet Again and The White Cliffs of Dover first became popular? Well, We'll Meet Again was written before the war. And um, as I was already familiar with it, when I started my programmes... I thought it was a very good song to finish the programme with. So uh, I used it for all the programmes that I did because it was optimistic <laughs> and people hoped that they would meet again. And uh, one never knew in those days. You never know what was going to happen every night with the bombing and the blitz. And um, it was just an optimistic song and easy to learn uh, nice words, so it became very popular. And so many people still remember it today. Yes. Now, during the war, you travelled abroad entertaining the troops. Yes. Was this something you found particularly rewarding and enjoyable? Pardon? Did you find that quite rewarding and enjoyable, travelling abroad? Oh, well, yes, very enjoyable. Apart from I felt that I was doing something and uh, take it, bring in a little bit of home to them uh, because they hadn't... Some of the soldiers had been out there a good many years before war, war started, so it was nice for them to see someone from home and a young English girl, you know, because <laughs> there weren't any of us about there around those quarters. And uh, so, of course, they were not only pleased to hear about home, but to uh, see somebody that they remembered that they left behind when they went out there. Now, you've also appeared in several films. Had you always had an ambition to become a film star? No, not really. I mean, I enjoyed making the films. 
because it was something different every day, which is a change from when you're doing radio programmes because you're repeating yourself every time. You know, people would want to know the same questions and answers and uh, and there's not much variety, really, in uh, sending out the same kind of things. Uh, So it was more interesting. Now, I believe in 1952 you became the first British performer to top the US charts. How did that feel? Oh, golly, well, I was very surprised about that, you know. I mean, it's something I never thought about. And to know that my voice and my songs was going around in America was very uh, surprising and interesting for me. You know, I thought, well, it's um, something for maybe in the future that I might like to visit. Now, of all the hit records you've had, do you have a, a favourite? Favourite? Uh, well, of course, We'll Meet Again is the obvious one because it was the most popular one, the one that the uh, song that meant the most to people who were being separated during the war. And uh, it's an easy song, and White Cliffs of Dover, of course, was a song about home. The boys used to... Last thing they saw when they were sailing yep. away and the first thing when they came back. So, of course, that was always a very important song. Spoke to them of home. In 1972, I believe you were a special guest on the Morecambe and Wise Christmas show. Would I be right in saying this was an unforgettable experience? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I was never quite sure what they were going to be up to. <laughs> I had to be prepared, you know. But they were lovely people, lovely to work with and very friendly and uh, it was quite a change. It was different than me just doing a programme on my own, you know, to have somebody to have a chat to and come back about, you know. And it was um, quite something different for me. Now, moving to 2009, you released We'll Meet Again, the very best of Vera Lynn and became, at the age of 92, the oldest living person to top the British album charts. Did you ever believe the album would have this much success at the time? Well, no, I never realised when I was doing it in in the first place that it would still be popular and still people would know about it. But, of course, in the schools they were teaching them about the war... And, and the music and the things of that time. So, of course, this all revived the period of the music. And it was nice to know that the, uh, there was enough people to, who remembered to, to bring it into the programme. Now, in, on March sorry, 2014, your 97th birthday, you announced you were releasing a new album, Vera Lynn National Treasure, The Ultimate Collection, I believe there was a special reason for this? It was just that the uh, recording company thought that uh, people might be interested in the songs and uh, pre-released it. So, of course, it was very good for me. And, um, oh, yes, apparently it was too for the... (laughs) The 70th anniversary. Yes, of the the D-Day landings, um, which, of course, was significant about... Of, of things of that time, and people obviously would like to know what was going on then and the kind of music. 
Now finally, we are based in Blackpool. And um, what are your best memories of appearing there over the years? In Blackpool? Yes. Oh, well, it was a summer season thing. And um, of course, everybody was on holiday. And uh, it was always nice to be able to sing in person to the people who used to listen to me on the radio. And because um, Blackpool was a very popular holiday maker's place. And it was quite nice to be able to uh, go out there and do concerts. Dame Vera Lynn, National Treasure, thank you for talking to me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll meet again. Don't know where. Don't know when. But I know we'll meet again some sunny day Keep smiling through just like you always do Till the blue skies chase those dark clouds far away Once again, thanks to Envision for allowing us to use this interview. We understand some people may be tempted to skip their eye appointments and macular injections as they are concerned about coronavirus. But here at Galloway's, we are urging you to still attend your booked sessions because not doing so could seriously impact on your eyes. New social distancing measures have been put in place to ensure everyone's safety. Appointments are spread out across the week, so waiting rooms are not busy. Many patients are in and out relatively quickly hospitals do not want people sitting around. Rooms and equipment are cleaned in between appointments. Alan Woodward is just one patient who took notice of expert advice and attended Westmoreland General Hospital for one of his regular macular injections. So we're joined by Alan Woodward on the phone who's going to tell us about his experiences attending a macular injection at Westmoreland Hospital. So hello Alan. Hello. Hiya. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Excellent. So, do you want to tell us about your experiences at uh, Westmoreland Hospital? Yes, well, I experienced three months in shutdown, and I got the letter from the hospital to inform me that uh, I had an appointment, and I was a bit, obviously, apprehensive and concerned at the height of the pandemic, and... uh, I then decided, yes, I was going to go and I, I really needed the treatment and there was no point cancelling it and making matters worse. So the main problem was that uh, was the transport. The daughters was working and I wasn't allowed to get in the car and Galloway's, in actual, I ran Galloway's and in actual fact they offered to take me, which really was a great relief. They arranged with this minibus, which arrived at my house. They they took me up to uh, the Westmoreland General. They provided me with a mask, with gloves. I sat in the back of the bus. The driver was in the front of the bus. There must have been about 10 metres between us. And I really felt quite relaxed as the 
day went on. On arrival at the hospital, I was met by the nurse who took the temperature. She had gloves, masks, and uh, she showed me into the uh, various departments for the various tests that your uh, listeners will probably know. By this time, I'd, I was I was getting more relieved, more confident to myself that I was now going to be taken well care of. The nurses and the staff in general were absolutely marvellous in Westmoreland. Uh, they they uh, sanitised the hands, uh, and they washed the hands, uh, wiped the seats, and uh, made everything more comfortable for me. I went through all the procedures of what you do for the eye injection, and uh, then was uh, released, if that's the word, and then I went down to the main entrance where the driver was waiting for me. Uh, there was no delay. He took me home and uh, arrived here back at Bonnie Sands, uh, and the whole procedure took me with travelling less than three hours. So I was very grateful. And I must say that I'm due again next Thursday, and I've already organised transport with the hospital transport this time, and I have no concerns whatsoever about going to have my treatment again. Excellent. Sounds quite a seamless procedure, really, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it went so smoothly, and there was nothing all to worry about. I was, I was rather surprised because I'd been cooped up for three months and I was delighted to get out, even though I was going to hospital. So the run up to Kendall was really a treat for me. I bet it was. And when you were there, how safe did you feel? Oh, I felt very safe indeed. The, 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 there was not very many people about, I must say, uh, but they took care of me from me walking into the hospital to coming out. Brilliant. It never really occurred to me, the safety, because everything seemed to be so very well organised and clean and spotless. Excellent. And what would you say to people who are a bit nervous about attending hospitals, eye clinics, eye appointments, because they're worried about the, the pandemic virus? Well, I must admit that I was worried, and I took the bull by the horns. And this, at the end of the day, you've absolutely nothing to worry about. It's a straightforward procedure. It's taken so very well care of, and I would have no worries to ask or tell anybody or ask anybody to go and not to worry at all. Thank you. Thank you very much, Helen. Much appreciated. Okay, thank you. As a charity, we are always grateful when people fundraise for us and we are really excited about this latest fundraising challenge. Our chairman, Simon Booth, and his family have decided to take on the Great North Run solo as a collective team and run or walk 1,000 kilometres. Simon joins us now via Zoom to tell us more. So, first of all, your family has a long history with Galloway's, is that right? Yes, yeah, my, my father was uh, chairman 
his father was chairman. Uh, we've been involved in the Galloways since, since the beginning. Uh, we're very, very proud of our connections. Uh, we're, we're, um, we're, the, the family is, has, a, has a business in Preston called Booths, which is the supermarket chain. And, and, we've, and we've always had a close connection with charities. And um, one of the main charities the, the family have supported is, was originally the, the Blind Welfare Society, which turned into Galloways. Um, and we're really proud to uh, be associated and work alongside. Uh, and we, we want to see Galloway successful. Um, most of all, we want to see the people who need, our, need the support of the charity enjoy a better quality of life. Excellent. And your family also supports Galloway's, is it right? Your daughters have been to... Yes, yes. So Beatrice, Grace, Tilly, Harry have all been down, played the piano, uh, sat with the people who, who uh, go down for their afternoon tea and uh, they've enjoyed their company, they've sung songs, they've, they've assisted the activities they've been doing on that day. But Gracie and Bibi also have supported the charity by going to the Lake District. So what, you made, what made you want to come up with this fundraising challenge? Can you tell us a bit more about what you and your family will be doing? We've got some runners in the family. One of the, one of the um, runs they were looking at was the Great North Run. Then they looked at the options and there was a, one particular option um, my wife particularly liked was where it, it started from the middle of Ju July to the middle of September and, and you have to do so many runs in that period of time. Then she came up with the idea and says, well, why don't we all join um, and, and um, why don't we have a goal to get to a thousand kilometres? And then, then we, uh, then we ch chipped in. Uh, chipped in to sort of say, well, actually, we should be doing this to, to the benefit of, of people who need our support. Uh, so uh, I came up with the idea that this would be ideal opportunity for, for fundraising for Galloways. So, so for us, we've, we looked at Galloways, we thought absolutely key fit for me as chairman of Galloways, that, that I think it was the right, right move to make. Um, now I'll be doing mostly walking, <laughs> I'll tell everybody that now, uh, but, but there are a lot of runners um, in, in the household. Great, and, and how will you go about doing this challenge? Uh, so we've all signed up to the Strava app, which is on our phones, and every time we go and do an activity or a walk or a run, we take this, uh, our mobile phones with us, and it records the distance and the times we do. Then we pool all that information together. The main main body of the runs will be just the normal runs but one of the runs we want to want to feature because because we're raising money for galloways um we want to do what, what um i have done once so the blind run which is where is where one person's blindfolded and they have a guide just so they're aware but when they are running how how difficult it is to run not, not just the run but the person who's actually guiding you because because it could be a curb it could be a pothole it could be uh, soil on the road it can be anything um, and and what we need to do is make make us be more aware of the of how difficult it would be for a blind runner to run um, in in a normal and as part of the charity I think it's important that, that my children are aware that yes one thing's raising money to have a better awareness is also really important so, so they, they actually understand the meaning, maybe three or four years ago. And we all did the blind run in Morecambe. 
um, it was on the front and I think it was a 10k run and we, we partnered up and we did five kilometers each. So we both did, we did five kilometers leading and then that person would swap and then wear the blindfold for the second. It was more difficult for the first kilometer, two kilometers, because your eyes are still trying to see because you, your brain's still <laughs> telling you you're running and you should be seeing. And, and I found it really difficult for the first two or three kilometers. I couldn't get my, my uh, rhythm, I couldn't get my running right or anything. But, but by the time I got to my fourth and fifth kilometer, I, I seemed to settled in a bit because I was listening to the instructions of the guide uh, rather than me trying to see through the, through the blindfold. Uh, but I did find it difficult uh, to run with, with the guide because that's what I'm not used to that. You know, it's very, very difficult. But it was, um, it was very rewarding at the end of it. I felt that instead of just doing a 10K, I did a 10K and maybe I learned something. I, I don't, you know, maybe I was more aware of, of, of uh, somebody who was running uh, with no sight. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic way of trying to understand what it's like and, and helping more people be more aware of the obstacles and difficulties people may face. So it's yeah. great that you, you're doing this. It was more difficult than I thought. I can imagine. <laughs> so Absolutely. It really is a family affair, isn't it? I mean, who, who will be taking part? Well, um, um, there's, there's going to be eight of us. He's, he's 91 next week. Um, she's, she's living with us. Uh, so she's been self-isolating with us. Um, and what she does is walk around the garden. Um, and sometimes walking's too difficult for her she goes in a wheelchair i'm just monitoring how many times she goes around the garden and we're putting it in the in the diary actually mum will contribute a few miles to the a uh, few kilometers to the total turnover um then you have myself my wife jill beatrice grace harry tilly and arthur we've got a couple of good runners um and a couple of ordinary runners and a, and a couple of people who want to walk. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So this does seem quite a tough challenge. It's a lot of miles and kilometres. Um, how have you been getting on? Um, mixed. Um, we, we started well. Uh, then, then we had a couple of injuries uh, along the, on the way. And then you, you look at... We worked out how many kilometres we need to do a week. And we thought, oh, actually, eight of us divided by amount. Of, it, it seemed to be achievable. But if you, if you miss a week suddenly you've got to do twice as many the following week um, and you've got to do a lot of catching up. Um, so it's, it's actually a harder challenge for us than we originally thought. So, so hopefully by, by the middle of September, uh, 13th of September, we've achieved our goal of a thousand kilometres. Fantastic. Well, good luck with it. And yeah. which money do you hope to raise? Just want to do the very best. And we want to raise as much money uh, for chari for the charity as possible. Uh, we are really, really pleased with with John like James who, and his outdoor activities and, and and the enthusiasm James has for um, lifestyle outside lifestyle for, for sight loss and, and blind people. I think it's fantastic, and and uh, and I think in 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 sad in lockdown because you know you can't do these activities the same way as you used to or you want but hopefully we can reintroduce these activities so so for us for to do this activity on the back of 
you know people who need our services wanting a lot more activities um, to suit today's lifestyle is is it's, it's something that I suppose that that was a trigger I suppose you know you know is looking at what we can do to help introduce better quality of life for people who need our services and um, also in doing this challenge you'll be supporting NHS charities is that right With when you join the North Great Run there's a registration free fee uh, which is uh, I think it's a 10 pound registration fee that goes to the NHS so we, 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 we like that. We thought it was brilliant. And then we, what we want to do is identify Galloway's as our charity of our choice and support and, support and hopefully people give generously to um, our, our challenge. And, and at the same time, raise some money for, for a really good cause, the best cause I could think of. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Simon. We wish you the best of luck. If you would like to support Simon and his family, you can make a donation through uk.org virginmoneygiving.com forward slash team forward slash the Booth family 1000k Great North Run Solo. Alternatively, you can go to our news section on our Galloway's website, read the story there and find the web link there. If anyone wishes to support Simon and his family, keep an eye out on our Facebook and Twitter pages for video updates of their challenge. I'm Nicola Hanna, Head of Income Generation and Communications at Galloway's. I asked to be part of the new Galloway's Eye as I wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone who has generously supported Galloway's over the past few months. When lockdown hit, we had to cancel lots of our usual fundraising activities and this meant a huge drop in our income. We have to raise £1 million a year to keep Galloway's going and a big part of that are the events and activities that the fundraising team organise. We had to rethink what we were doing and put new plans in place really quickly. We launched an emergency appeal and to date we've raised more than £10,000 from this. We also took part in the 2.6 challenge which replaced the London Marathon. We launched Not the Morecambe Bay Walk which replaced our annual Morecambe Bay Walk event. And because we're continuing to, to deliver such amazing services, we were able to apply to a number of trusts and grants givers, and they have generously supported us um, for some of the work that we're doing too. So a huge thank you to all of you and everyone who has supported these activities and others. What we know is that for a while, we're going to have a large gap to fill in our income. So if there's anything you can do to help, we would love you to. Please get in touch if you have a fundraising idea or look out for different things that you can get involved with that we are organising. Once again, thank you for all your support and here's to a really bright future for Galloway's. Hello, my name is Stuart Clayton and I'm the Chief Executive of Galloway Society for the Blind. Throughout lockdown, Galloway's has been fully committed to ensuring we can provide as much support to the blind and partially sighted community as we can. We have adapted quickly and our new ways of delivering services have been incredibly popular and crucial to those who need them. But we never want to remain complacent 
and we have to be mindful of the, of the financial challenges ahead. As we move into a new normal, this is an opportunity for us to build on our existing successes and come back stronger and better than before. So we are excited to announce that we are beginning a new journey and exploring how we build back better. Over the next six months, we'll be working through a project which will get us to our new normal. It will be split into three phases, discovery, design, and implementation. To get the best from this project, we need your involvement to ensure that we truly understand how we are perceived, how we help and work with you now, and how we can help and work with you in the future. This is your chance to have a say on what matters to you most. As we're not anticipating that we will return to business as usual for quite some time, we need to consider what new things can be done to ensure you feel as supported as before, if not even more. So how will we do it? To get your views and opinions, we will be holding one-to-one -one conversations with a number of people, as well as asking as many people as possible to complete our online questionnaire. We will also be setting up a dedicated web page, which will include our questionnaire. It is really important you support us by taking part so that you can help us shape our future. We want your opinions on all aspects from services and volunteering to how we raise money to support all our services. We also want your thoughts on how we communicate with you. This is an opportunity for us to map out our future together. This is also an opportunity to explore new concepts and new initiatives, as well as explore gaps in services. We also want you to tell us about what's working well and what isn't. This is just the beginning. With your help, we can build back better. Please take the time to fill out our questionnaire and feedback to us. Thank you for your time, and I look forward to providing you with more information later on in the project. Whilst many of us may be rejoicing as lockdown eases, there may be some of us experiencing fear and panic, especially if we've not been out for several weeks or even months. We may be wondering how we will cope with the new social distancing rules and worrying if there's a chance that we could still contract the coronavirus or pass it on to loved ones. Having the mental load of carrying a face mask, sanitizer, and being wary of people getting too close can be quite distressing. Because our situations are unique to us, it's really important to try not to judge ourselves harshly based on what other people are doing. Everybody's facing uncertainty and challenge, and we've no choice but to move through it as best we can. It may take a while, but these new measures will become second nature to us. So here are some tips from the Mental Health Foundation on how to manage your anxiety. Control what can be controlled. There are a lot of things that you can't control that cause you fear and anxiety, but there are some things that you can manage or plan for. 
Having an action plan for managing things you might find difficult can help. Pace yourself. Recognising that you need to go at the right pace for you is important. Don't let others bully or pressure you into doing things that you don't want to do. But try not to let that be an excuse not to push yourself, especially when it comes to reconnecting with friends safely, outside your home when rules allow, and the time is right for you. It's important to discuss concerns with those close to you, but also to allow other people space to move at their own pace. Build up tolerance. Try doing something that challenges you every day or every few days. Try a small trip out every day or every other day and build on that. Don't beat yourself up if it doesn't go well, but keep at it. Keep a note of things that you've achieved, enjoyed or surprised yourself doing. Vary your routine. Try and vary your routine so that you see different people and encounter different situations. If one supermarket makes you nervous, try another. If a walk at one time of the day is very busy, try mixing walks at busy times with walks at quieter times. Talk to work. Many workplaces are allowing more flexible working, even if people need to return. If you're finding it hard to get to work or do particular shifts or activities because of anxiety or fear, speak to your manager or a colleague that you trust. As we deal with the new normal and uncertainty, focus on the present. You can only do your best with what you have today. With regulations changing frequently and lots of conflicting media discussions, try and keep a focus on the moment. Bring things that are certain back into focus. Whilst a lot of things are uncertain at the moment, there are also things to be hopeful about. Try to record and appreciate good things as they happen. Try and take opportunities to reset and relax. Talk to people that you trust about how you feel. Don't dismiss your concerns or judge yourself too harshly. And don't forget about the coping mechanisms you used from when we first started lockdown. Finding routines, staying connected, eating well and taking exercise all apply just as much now as they did a few months ago. It's important to remember that you are not alone. Galloway's is also here to help and our team is on hand to answer questions and provide support. You can email enquiries at galloway.org.uk or leave a message on our main landline 01772 744148 Our friends at Sightline are also available to help if you would like some befriending support. It's a free telephone-based befriending service for people affected by sight loss and many of our volunteers have already signed up to help. Regular phone-based befriending can be arranged at a convenient time for you. Call 0800 587 2252 or www.sightline.org.uk one way to help reduce your anxiety is mindfulness and meditation. 
every second and fourth Wednesday of the month, we offer Yoga Nidra and Sound Meditation with Helen through our virtual Talking Together sessions at 2pm. You can listen to a 10-minute meditation with Helen Lees, recorded from our previous session. So take a few moments now to observe your breath. Observe without judgment where your breath is right now in your body. Maybe you can deepen your breath, feeling your chest rise and feeling your chest fall. This time as you breathe in, bring the breath up through your feet. Exhale, release your breath down into the ground beneath you. Take your next breath now up through your legs. Exhale, release your breath down into the ground beneath you. Take a breath now into your hips and your lower back. Exhale, release the breath down into the ground beneath you. Take a breath and fill the whole of your abdomen. Exhale, release the breath down into the ground beneath you. Take a breath now, filling the entire chest and heart center. Release the breath down into the ground beneath you. Now bring your inhale breath, filling your head and the entire area of your face. Exhale, release the breath down into the ground beneath you. Take a few moments now to observe the sensation in your body. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe you can imagine your body letting go and coming into a comfortable place of rest. Now gently start to wiggle your toes and fingers. Maybe you can scrunch up your nose. Then relax and let go. Maybe blink your eyelids whilst looking into the daylight. And then relax and let go. In your own time, allow your body to let go. Feel the softness. Relax and let go. So you can choose to close your eyes now. Or if you wish, you can keep your eyes open. So together we will imagine walking into a beautiful meadow. There's really nothing required of you right now other than to listen to my voice.
bring your awareness to the cool, damp grass underneath your bare feet. Feel the morning dew like tiny raindrops tickle your toes. Can you feel the warm breeze drift through your hair? Maybe you can feel the cool, crisp air on the tip of your nose. Gently, you could stroke your fingers through the long, tall grass. Or listen to the gentle humming of the bumblebees. Can you hear the song of the birds high up in the trees? Maybe listen to the rustle and the hush of the wind in the grass and the leaves. Feel the feathery grass tips touch your skin. Sense the fluttering wings of the butterflies. One small white feather just blowing in the breeze. A little ladybird dangling from a single blade of grass. Cobwebs glistening like diamonds with the morning dew. it for this edition of the new Galloway's Eye. We hope you have enjoyed it. If you are looking for our What's Going On guides, they can be found on our website at www.galloways.org.uk or you can listen to them through our Alexa skill. Just say, Alexa, open Galloway's support through sight loss and then ask, what's going on in Preston, Chorley, Morecambe or Southport? Bye for now.